Vantagram is the guest on this week's episode of the Pop Shop Podcast, Headliner Interview. My name's Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. Glad you're joining us. This is the first Headliner Interview of the new year. I know we're starting a little bit late, but like last year, we're going to be doing one of these every Thursday, interviewing an interesting, inspiring artist about their life in music and just their life in general. You know, we've all got stories. This is Fantagrams. It's Josh and Sarah. I chatted with them in Billboard's New York office recently after they did a little performance for us. Last October, their studio album called Three came out and got them their best sales week ever. Moved 25,000 units in its first week, broke the top 10. That was a first for them. So we look back at that album, working with Big Boy from Outkast, who they've worked with extensively, actually. And they told me some details from the collective that they came out of way back um, over 10 years ago in upstate New York, which I didn't know about this and how they got their start and everything. More in the present, they told me about a new collaboration they have in the works with Tom Morello and Marcus Mumford. Yeah, I had fun talking to these guys, so I hope you enjoy this. When you're done, hop onto iTunes, give us a star rating. It helps immensely, so much, really, with everything we do here. And not just that, but writing some feedback. And if you want to subscribe, do it right there. Get this podcast every week automatically. So, yeah, here we are. Fantagram on the Pop Shop Podcast. Enjoy. Fantagram in the Billboard office. Thanks for coming by, guys. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you. Yeah, so it's been, I want to say about three months, maybe, since your third album. Three. So, you know, like, you've had some time to take this all in. You've toured behind it. You've done things just like play a song off it acoustically in the Billboard office. You've answered lots of questions about it. You've made it your lives. So just how do you feel? How does, how does this stage of Fantagram feel right now? feels good it's uh it's a natural progression of of what we've been doing we've been a band for for a while now and it's our third record and we've just been touring and touring and playing shows and and um growing organically i think you know in in an age where a lot of bands get big off of perhaps like the internet or some kind of hype blog um we've we've done things kind of old-fashioned but it feels good and it's very rewarding and and uh I, we're ready for a little break we've been on tour for a while now so we're getting a little tired out but we're still working we're we're working on new music and all kinds of things okay yeah so you're talking about you know how things have been growing organically and yeah totally have i'm hit you guys with sales question so when <laughs> the album came out you had your best sales week in terms of albums off the shelves mm-hmm. best sales week you've had in your band history debuted yeah. I think in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 albums chart so yeah, big deal for people like me at Billboard this is like our job so for you guys like to be honest does this cross your minds at all what do you think about that kind of stuff um it's I mean we didn't really know what to expect it was like a I mean it's always awesome when you're mentioned by Billboard I mean we it's it's almost i mean it's 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 up there for i think artists in general that have have grown so organically the way that we have that um when somebody like billboard um recognizes you know your hard work and just a a, a good album um you always give thanks for that so yeah i mean for me it's like i, I there's a million bands out there so the fact that we made the 
Billboard Top 10, you know, for our debut is is amazing to me. It's something that, I mean, I, I know we're going to continue to, and hopefully we'll be number one someday. But um, it's something that I can look back on when I'm older and be like, damn, I, I did some, some cool stuff that not a lot of people get to do. So I feel very blessed. Word. And where you guys came from, you know, I know the, the, I think the first label was Barca. They put out your first yep. album. Yeah. Coming from an indie scene where maybe the norms weren't as commercially minded, you guys seem to have a good balance of, you know, talking about growing things organically, but also you're saying you want to keep building things up. You want to have a number one record and reach a lot of people. Yeah. Where do you think that mindset comes from? Because, like, you know, I was, you know, I'm a fan of Barca records, and not just them, but just, yeah. like, indie rock, and, you know, they represent, like, a kind of, like, northwestern indie, and it's not that commercial. So where do you think that mindset comes from, you guys? I think, it, I think everybody wants wants to have a number one record every musician out there yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's really all i can say everybody wants to be successful and um we work very hard and 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 we do it with integrity and we make music on our terms and do it the way we want it um but at the end of the day i think i really do think everybody who makes music wants to be successful and do you think interacting with the hip-hop world probably a little more than most bands that start out in indie or indie rock or whatever you want to call it do you think that influences that because it's it's this scene that's just a lot more open and just fine with being commercial i just think in general the 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 excitement that you get when hip-hop artist wants to collaborate with with an indie artist or indie rock um, is exciting. I mean, um, it really has nothing. Us us trying to you know someday get to to number one. It, I mean, it, it's inspiring to see hip hop artists. And the, well, there's a difference. Sorry to interrupt you, but okay. there's a difference between commercial and success. You know, that's not how I'm defining right. success. Um, <coughs> I, I don't think we have to do a. Uh, any kind of uh, I'm not going to mention any brands but we don't have to do a literal commercial or do any kind of sell out moves to be successful you know yeah but carry on sorry I'm sorry I'm really (laughs) I lost my train of thought Uh, I'm sorry for doing that to you it's not you it's the five month tour I think (laughs) (laughs) I think it it might have been just talking about the hip hop world taking notice of you guys oh right 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 yeah I mean uh, yeah I mean the the first we've always had a really awesome diverse crowd of fans that would come see us play we'd have like hip hop heads we'd have hippies we'd have ravers doing sometimes hula hoop stuff in the back and glow sticks <laughs> uh we've had old like deadheads old guys with actually there was this crazy deadhead guy in the front row of, in baltimore and he was so awesome he was just like headbanging the whole time he was loving us and i mean I, in general yeah. it's what we love about ourselves is and what we wanted to do from the beginning is be be diverse and we have a huge amount of inspirations and, and music that we l- we love, and we want to be a, we want to be a part of all of it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why we're, our sound is kind of hard to describe in a way. You know, it's like whoever like anyone can come up to us. You know, like Trent Reznor come up to us and say he loves our music. I, I 
I would be so proud for that. But it, and and then again, Big Boy from Outcast or or you know ASAP Ferg or A Track or uh, I mean every it's it's really incredible to have to be able to have have that because we love all of it, all music. Yeah, and people widely know about the Big Boy collaboration, but who was really the first person from the hip hop world to really get into you guys? Was it him? Was there people before that? First mm-hmm. people to get into us from the hip hop world was the, the collective we were a part of, which was called Sub Bombing, out of um, upstate New York, and most of the crew was all hip hop, and we were really like, if not the only band, one of the only like bands that, that played music that weren't rappers, you know. Um, so, shouts out to them. Yeah. It was like a We've had roots in hip-hop since we started. We were almost like a hip-hop band without being one, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. And so this was the formation of bands in New York State. Yeah. So it sounds yeah. like it's just some sort of a scene where you were probably just more or less friends with these people around the same time as you started making music, and just because they were your people, you were part of it. Yeah. It, yeah. it, was, it, was, a, um, it was a really awesome community to be a part of is this diy vibe that mm-hmm. we'd all like m- we'd all book shows together and, be, and make posters and 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 you know all, all a sub bombing records they were they had people from um albany saratoga springs i guess the tri-state area and we'd all get together yeah. and we'd all make merch and and promote one another and play wherever we could find i mean we did I think my favorite show was the VFW. Yeah, yeah. we'd play wherever. <laughs> On the floor. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, like, it's we didn't. very hip-hop, very it was punk all of rock, us. Very, yeah. very DIY, you know, that's yeah. where our roots are at. And what was the city again? Um, I mean, the I guess tri- I would just say Albany for. Tri-state area, yeah. upstate. Yeah, you know. I mean, Saratoga Springs, Albany. Glens Falls. Yeah. I mean, Sarah and I are are from a very small, small town that's probably not even dotted on a map um, called Greenwich, New York. Not Greenwich, but Greenwich. Yep. And uh, better pronounce that W, (coughs) where where we're from. Yeah, there's about 5,000 people in the town, in the whole town. So. Yeah, it's important to get a sense for this because I think a lot of people from New York sometimes myself included, just think of any city in New York State that's not in New York City as just upstate New York. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah. Somewhere up uh, in the yes. somewhere. People think we're from yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Saratoga Springs, there's like hiking there, right? There's mountains. Yeah, yes. there's the Adirondack Mountains. Yeah. Um, I know what that there's is. a beautiful lake, Saratoga Lake. It's kind of on the border a, of Vermont and... and yeah, well, you have the Adirondack Mountains and then the Green Mountains, uh, which are the Vermont Mountains. Yeah, um, you got that right. You know, I speak a little French, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drop in some music from the album. This is the first track. This is fun- Funeral Pyre.
wanted to get back to what you were talking about about all the different people at your shows and all this like melting pot of scenes. It was just making me think of all the festivals you play because you guys are a legit festival act, you know. And yeah, you play a lot of different. You play like sort of general festivals like your Coachella, mm-hmm. some more dance festivals, probably some stuff that's more hip hop oriented. Yeah. I don't know if I should ask for your favorite because you probably don't really have a favorite. Maybe you do, but what do, what do you take away? What's like your thing for each of these festivals? Like, what draws you to these different scenes? I mean, I think it's you know it is every festival is a bit different, and um, yeah, I mean, to me, it, it's nice to play a festival where sometimes you feel like you just don't fit in, or like maybe people aren't going to dig you. all and then you just win people over or people are really excited and you yeah i i get surprised occasionally but um i mean i can't tell you my favorite festival i definitely love playing um hangout fest hangout bonnaroo i like quite a bit um electric forest in michigan is awesome but i I can tell you what i don't like okay what's that (laughs) i don't like um straight up edm festivals i i hate that shit i we we played um i'm allowed to cuss yeah we uh we played some fucking edm festival in canada and like we were the only people there that had instruments which is i mean i have no problem against edm music but we played this stupid festival, and everybody just stared at us like we had worms crawling out of our fucking ears, you know? Now I'm swearing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, you I, get, I get heated. Well, I they get were heated. on, they probably actually did see you with worms coming out of you. Maybe so we did have worms, yeah, did. yeah. Um, yeah I mean, really I have true. worms, but I didn't know they crawled out of my ears. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, uh, I don't like that kind of stuff. But um, And that's not a diss to EDM music. Yeah. It's just, it's sometimes I think be, because we're very genre bending in a way, people might confuse us as like, oh, we'll just throw them on an EDM, right. yeah. you know. But if you, if, you, if you think about it too, I mean, and, and this is maybe just a, a newer generation, it's like, they I think in, in general they expect more like explosions and like... LED massive things and so, like sound like the the steam machines that go <laughs> like I think yeah. in general their attention spans and they just need more more so when you put a band after that or just a band who has like as cool of lights as we possibly can at a festival and there's people playing instruments they're like wait a minute I'm my Molly just kicked in. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> go gonna use the bathroom for like. forty-five minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna have sex in a bathroom <laughs> while these guys play. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your Coachella coming up. I think yeah. it's the first festival, and it's basically two festivals because it's two weekends back to back. Yeah. You've you've done Coachella right before, right? Yep. Yeah, we did it once. Uh, it was like five years ago. So what was what brought you back? What was your takeaway? Where it is you you were sort of talking this continuum of festivals from what you like the most to the shittiest EDM festival. Where does Coachella stand? What do you like about playing Coachella? I think um, 
for me it sits somewhere in the middle ground i guess it's a fun yeah it's a suit i mean i'm really happy that we're playing coachella for sure um but uh yeah there's, I, there's Sarah lot, there probably. are a lot of there are a lot of festivals out there and they're all they are all completely different coachella is great um we're super excited to play um but there's also a lot of other festivals out there that are like are just real and mm-hmm. solid and experiences that you don't really know of. I always, I, I never was a fan of the two weekend thing, which I'm getting used to now that there are maybe a few other festivals that do that kind of thing. Um, I mean, it's, there's no such thing as Woodstock anymore, I guess. I mean, you only get that kind of magic once and all these things happen and you and you you only have stories or a couple of polaroids to show people that you did something so it's like everything is online or streamed or 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 something else which which i wish that wasn't the case but i guess i don't know it's the i guess the progression of of this world you know Mm -hmm. um but we're excited we're playing friday night i'm definitely gonna um meet and become really good friends really really good friends with beyonce okay and she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna tell me that she really liked my boots and that she really likes my haircut and also after that she's gonna say i love your music this yeah. is all on the rider for coachella yeah meeting with beyonce yeah, very please. specific compliments yeah please we're gonna drink um cranberry juice with tom york cranberry juice yeah did you hear that he likes i heard that too yeah i heard he loves cranberry he loves cranberry juice (laughs) (laughs) is that just his his green room is full of (laughs) just cranberry juice and like ocean spray and like the walls are orange and i see you can see that no yeah we're very excited about coachella so thanks for having us coachella did you guys have any reactions to that whole controversy about the guy who owns AEG, which owns Coachella, and his political leanings. What's I his know name? Nothing Do you know about the name it. of? The name escapes me off the top. What's his What's his name, Jim? I don't. We have nothing to say oh, okay. about yeah, anything I, political. I was just cu- curious who the person was. That's all. I'm not Paul. That's yes, right. Paul Anschultz. No comment. <laughs> Well, now, what do you do? What happened? I, I've, <laughs> I don't, we're going to have to look it up online. Yeah. He just, Did like, came into controversy for his donations to, like, right-leaning agencies. And, you know, mm. so some some people in media, some musicians were speaking out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll look, look that up. But, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, totally understandable that, like, you can't escape someone who owns like a very large part of the live touring industry if you guys are doing what you're doing. So. Yeah, Basically, you can't. Yeah, so. yeah. it's kind of crazy in that way. At 12 noon <laughs> at every shitty EDM festival. So check us out. How about we drop in Look some more up. music? Okay. <laughs> this, this, is the, Good. this is the hit. This is You Don't Get Me High Anymore.
<laughs> so I, I guess you would call "You Don't Get Me High Anymore" your your biggest hit song if we're talking hits. I guess it's sure. been the it's been it's been uh, viewed and listened to by the m- most amount of people. But I think people should go check out our other stuff too because we got some other jams from previous records. Yeah. Um, I think we have a lot of hits that. Uh, People just don't know about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From your vantage point, I mean, it's easy for me, someone who works at Billboard, to like look at a set of numbers or look at charts and see what an artist's biggest hit is. Or, but so, how do you process that? Like, what is the song or songs that fans recognize the most by you? How do you? How does that come? Um. Well, I, I can definitely say I mean, we just got back from Australia, and when we played You Don't Get Me High, the crowd was going bananas. Yeah, they triple J. So it's a lot know, of like, crowd reaction. Yeah, I heard even just our sound guy was saying that the audience was louder than we were singing along to it. So yeah, um, sometimes you can gauge it by that. But um, we have some... I don't know, half the time I can't really hear the <laughs> audience anyway because I, I wear, or I'm not wearing my glasses and I'm wearing uh, ear monitors. So, um, but yeah, that's a good way of gauging things. Is like when you can hear people singing along or yeah, seeing people totally grooving. Um, I mean, the amount of people who were cr- um, crowd surfing in Philly the other day during "You Don't Get Me High Anymore." That's how you know, and that was Work. What, what, what epic. Was that? What? That was a festival that we yeah. made everyone start crowd surfing because you could tell the security in the front. They were like, oh, "Come on, one more person, like please." Yeah. Like <laughs> a little nervous, but they're having. <laughs> they were having way too much fun. It was awesome. Um, so we told them to to step it up a notch, and they, they just went ham. They went ham. It was for that song. It was great. Yeah, John Ham. <laughs> Dorothy Hamhocks. Ham, lit, Hamlet. You're good Check at ripping out up his names. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we Just talked kidding. about Big Boy a little bit already. Good friend of yours. You put out the EP Big Rams with him 2015, two years ago. I just saw that he said that he's done with work on his third studio album. So yeah. did you guys get involved with that at all? No, we got Big Rams now. So we got to yeah. keep all keep it kind of separate, so ex- which is nice. Big boy collaborations exclusively with Big Rams now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe. I mean, we, yeah. He, well, That's why I, we he st- talked to me about some beats and right, stuff. Right, but right. I, I said, you know, I says big. Let's save it. I says, let's, you know let's hold off. Yeah. Let's wait. Let's, let's save let's it for Big Rams number two. So where is that at? Where is plans for Big Rams project number two at? Where is it at? Well, we're almost we're on our last song. We finished it last night uh, after a tour. No, <laughs> just kidding. We don't. We we have been on t- delirious uh, on uh, on tour, but we're gonna dive in. I mean, he's got a he has to release his this album. I think probably tour on it for a bit, or he'll probably hit the festivals this summer with it, and then we'll probably start working together af- after that. <clears throat> We're excited. Did you guys check? It? Sorry, were you gonna say something? No, that's it. 
Were you, did you guys check out any of the Outcast reunion shows on that festival run they did, I think, two years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we went did. to a few of them. Um, it was epic. Actually, at Sasquatch. Oh, oh. Sasquatch is one Sasquatch. of my favorite festivals. Okay. That's yeah. a great festival. Um, it's beautiful view and really, really fun festival. So... Austin to, City to go Limits back to, too. To go back to Sorry. yeah, festival Sasquatch is Man, up we there. Played a lot, huh? Yeah, we have. But, um, oh. We saw so we <laughs> we we saw Outcast. Uh, we came up on stage with Outcast. Um, I mean, not for the public to see, but family. As they walked on Dungeon stage, family. they they brought us, and uh, that was pretty. Amazing. Wow, remember that? Sasquatch? Yeah, yeah, I do remember. Holy cow. Yeah. That was like one of the best nights of my life. Yeah, what was that crowd like? To, like set the scene for oh, being man. side stage at one of those outcast shows at a festival. It was, uh, they I mean, were just... You don't normally get to... First of all, a historical band like that to, to be able to see. But normally festivals, it gets pretty strict where you can't even... Even if you're performing, you can't even watch site you can't they won't even let you up even like close so you have to go to kind of like the vip area which is usually fine for us i'd rather watch it from the front but um outcast is i mean that's i'll do anything for them i love them so much oh andre what's up andre did you see all of Andre's outfits, like, in the fashion corner on racks, like, as, like, he was a change into each one? <laughs> no. He, I think he only had one wig and one jumpsuit. He, he was very sweaty at the end of the night. Yeah, because uh, that was when he had, like, a different slogan on each jumpsuit yeah. throughout the, the yeah. summer, right? Yeah. yeah, like, I've never been to Africa or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's the only one I remember. Isn't that the one he wore that night? Uh, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Did you guys actually ever catch any of their shows the first time around before they split? No, oh. I I had never been to an Outcast show ever, but I grew up listening to Outcast a lot. A yeah, lot. We, we, we Let me tell you, my boombox was bumping Outcast. Well, the cool thing about it, it, the coolest thing about all of it is, is that Josh and I, when we first started working together, um, we kind of set this tone the the out an outcast tone because okay. um i'm an aquarius josh is a gemini so we would call ourselves aquimini because we just we just we really just looked up to those guys in so many ways they're fresh and new they weren't afraid to be different and they set the tone for 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 just i think uniqueness for the you know the new coming music that was happening and um, af- after them, and so we we wanted to be, you know, we we always want to be innovative and um, fresh and new, and we didn't want to fit into any box, and so we called ourselves Quemini, and we just we just looked up to them in so many ways. So when Big Boy got in touch with us, we like it it worked really well because he thinks the same way as we do, you know, doesn't think inside he thinks outside and that's why it works so well at first i thought you were going to say that you coined equimini no. <laughs> I, I, yes we, yeah. we, we gave them that idea. yeah we yeah we when we, we sold were 15 years old we were like hey <laughs> hey guys i got an idea let's, <laughs> let's write a snail mail to outcast to stank on you 
15 days later they Check got it out. and they're like oh <laughs> boom we have our new album name yeah um so yeah you're yeah. welcome everybody okay. you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other collaborate could be i mean i was gonna ask with other rappers but really could be with any other artists is there anything else that's in the works right now yeah, yeah. i mean we're uh we have a lot of stuff that we plan on doing this year um with uh hip-hop artists different bands some uh, actual dare i say edm possible possibly bands even um i just finished a track with tom morello and marcus mumford um which i'm excited about that coming out and uh the other day the other day it could have been three months ago i don't know (laughs) Um, (laughs) we were were in seattle (laughs) hanging out with odessa odessa and uh just kind of stirring up some goods with them. Um, yeah. Is the Morello Mumford thing a Fantagram song? No, it's a Tom Morello. It's uh, I co-wrote it with with Tom Morello and produced it. Um, but it's uh, well, and Marcus Mumford. Even though I, I haven't met Marcus, um, I've only talked to him on the phone. So. Um, but it's going to come out on Tom's solo album. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say Morello Mumford. You got like, if you're forming a band with that, you got some last names to play with. It's come up with a name there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mother. Mm-hmm. Mother Morello Mumford. Mm-hmm. You could be mother. Get it? Yeah. He's got Prophets of Rage. <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, he's a busy guy. He's a really, really good guy, though. He's a... He's um, yeah. My mind is pretty blown, uh, just based on the cool stuff that we get to do, like working with, yeah, Outcast, Rage Against the Machine. Billy Corgan's a fan of us. Like, oh, okay. this is all this, okay. you know, all this stuff is like. Are you gonna do some of Billy Corgan? I want a guitar <laughs> solo from him. Okay. Yeah, yeah we wanted to get that. him to to do a guitar solo for destroyer or something that was one of the thoughts of for the last record but we ended up just doing more of a like a different thing experimental sound uh josh did with his fi- little fingers and a guitar tiny fingers very small <laughs> fingers. don't look <laughs> don't look something like that's been the news cycle lately i'm not sure what but <laughs> Why? I was watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia the other day, and the guy was, was wearing like these fake, you know, the the weird uncle. He's the f- wearing the like, fake tiny, fake, big hands. Oh, big hands! Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's you <laughs> and you. That's <laughs> Let's get back to it. Yeah, Sorry. but yeah, I was t- to to basically close off. I was thinking with just all your collaborators. It seems like both of you are still very in touch with those people who you were when you were kids in New York, putting this stuff together when you were still kind of far away from the world of someone like Big Boy or Tom Morello. Yeah. It seems yeah. like you, there's, because probably it gets lost on some people, but it seems like you guys make an effort to stay in touch with that. Absolutely. I mean, w- that's where we're, that's who we are. And we're, I guess, just proud to say in general that we came from, from no fans. And, and now we've got, tons which is such a wonderful feeling but we also built it organically we we um 
we didn't have to move to New York City to go into the scene and meet the right people. We just believed in one another, and it was just the two of us, and we, we started making music out of love and just wanted just passion for being new, and we had these ideas, and we had these goals. I mean, we wanted to... We wanted to meet Outcast. Yeah. What, back then, we were like, we're gonna, we're gonna tell them how much they mean to us. We're gonna collaborate with with this person or that person. We always had these goals, so um, I think that's really important to, to count on yourself. You know, more than counting on others to yeah. put propel you. I guess you got to do it yourself, and it it only comes natural, and it comes and it's real. It's as real as you can you can get. And that is that's who Fantagram is, and we take real pride of that. And you guys have been doing this for like over ten years now. Do you think a lot of other artists sort of followed you guys later on in what you do and what Fantagram sound is, how you guys present yourselves? I mean, I it's not something I think about, but I've been told from other people that that they see people kind of mimicking what we do, I guess, but it's really none of my concern or anything I think about much. Yeah. But if anybody does or is influenced by us, I'm very flattered. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I totally think so. Like, nowadays, I think in, like, the past few years, I've seen so many artists who are, like, bands that are sort of a combination of a producer and a vocalist, this combination mm-hmm. of indie and hip-hop influences, hip-hop beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just, like, really striking to me because I didn't know the whole story of how you guys formed in that scene. Mm-hmm. It is, like, really striking to me how, like, early you guys were on that because there's yeah. a lot of stuff like that now. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. There, is, there definitely so. is. It, it's interesting. I, I don't pay attention as much, but I remember when we were first interviewed, it was, like, a spin Oh, Spin had us in uh, the, their magazine when they had a magazine. Isn't that crazy to say that? Um, uh, they were doing this thing about duos, and there was like, it was like it was like and oh, bells us and, and sleigh bells, yeah. and yeah. maybe maybe like one other, maybe two other bands, married couple kind of thing. Um, like Purity Matt, Matt maybe. Kim or something. No, it was before them. Yeah, it was, I think it was before Purity. Yeah, definitely. Like Matt and Kim or something. Right. Yeah. yeah, they were married. But that, but yeah, I mean that. <coughs> but now you see, uh, yeah, I don't even realize it. But you, you, it's so yeah. common. What you'd never see, like, oh, look, there's a bo- a man, a boy and a girl in a band, and one, you know, sings and they both play together, and they don't need a drummer. Oh my goodness, there's no <laughs> drummer on stage. You know, um, people thought that was pretty interesting. That's what Josh and I did for a long time before we started having um, people play with us. Because um, we wanted to be that band that didn't want to didn't want it to sound like we were just wanted backing tracks behind us or beats. It was more like we wanted that hip hop aesthetic, that vibe of just you know it's, it's hip hop. It, they're supposed to sound different yeah. than live drums. Right. It's not just oh, it's yeah. not phony. It's what is kind of the it's like vibe we were and, yeah, going for. Up loops and stuff like that. Yeah, but. But anyway, yes, I remember Sleigh Bells did the same thing, too, and um, back then. Very different sounding, but, yeah. Yeah, but it was just the two. I remember the first show we played with them at, in Brooklyn. At CMJ. Yeah. Yeah. 
said, who the heck are they these had turkeys? drum machine. They had theirs. We're the, and... only, we're the only turkeys that are allowed to be a two-piece boy group. <laughs> turkey. Those guys are awesome. By the yeah. We're yeah. good friends with yeah. them. Killing it. Well, yeah, it sounds like from what you were saying earlier in the show, you have a plan, you have goals, you have things you want to do in the future. So, yeah, it was really cool hearing the backstory of all this and how it fits together. Yeah, yeah, it's, it comes from somewhere. We've... We have plans. <laughs> <laughs> we have plans. Well, <laughs> thanks so much for doing this. Unless there's anything else, Josh yeah, is going to start acting. Uh, I think he's. I think it, the next season of Basketball Wives, you're going to be in as yeah. a wife. Yes, as a wife. I've never heard of that show, but I'm really excited about being in it. Yeah, <laughs> so we have plans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad you got that into the interview. <laughs> I was going to be playing E.T. and E.T. 2. <laughs> <laughs> directed by uh, Stefan Spielberg. Okay. Thank you. You saying I look like E.T.? Your fingers do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew you guys were all about goals, so I'm very glad to hear you guys Thanks. branching out into cinema. <laughs> Thank <It's> you. Inspiring. <laughs> it means a lot. All right. I guess that's a wrap. All cool. right. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. That is the show. I hope you enjoyed Fantagram. You know, um, a lot of interviews happen right when the album is coming out. That's just how press works. This one was a few months later, so a little more freeform for me, perhaps more challenging in some ways. I liked being able to reflect on the, their, their legacy with them, though, because I kind of had to figure out an end for the interview to make things interesting since that whole time where, like, oh, shit, the album's new. That time had passed. So it was it was neat to look back on their legacy with them, sort of open open them up to the sort of talk that a lot of fans and music writers have at the end there when I was talking about them and how I think that they really have been real trendsetters. Like you see so many producer plus vocalists, two person bands out now, or artists who want to combine indie and hip hop. I really think these guys are some of the real originators of that back 10 years ago. And like I said, that whole backstory of that upstate New York scene where they came from, I didn't even know that before talking to them. So really just added to this whole story that I was glad to get from them. So yeah, those are the kind of convos I really want to have on this podcast. Do you want to hear more? There's plenty of them. Go back into the archives. That's on iTunes. I've done all sorts of genres for this podcast. Some artists who I really like the interviews with Dawn Richard, Jimmy Eat World, Matthew Coma last last year. Coming up, Brandy Clark is happening soon, country artist. This is the headliner interview every Thursday on the Pop Shop podcast within Pop Shop. If you're familiar with this, you know there's a couple different hosts, a couple different recurring episodes. Keith and Katie's with all the charts, talk, and news. That'll be back in a couple days. And also, side note, beyond this podcast, beyond Pop Shop, if you follow me, Chris Payne, since I did the Alt and Our Stars podcast, the rock alternative-themed show for Billboard, retired that one last year, but happy to say there's a new similar one along the same lines launching very soon on Billboard. So for details on that, keep up with Billboard, and just more specifically, you can just keep up with me on Twitter for updates on the new podcast at C. P-A-Y-N-E-O-N-A-P-L-A-N-E. C-Pain on a Plane is my Twitter handle. So yeah, keep up with me there for details, updates on the new podcast, and yeah, I'll catch you later. Bye, guys.